Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is marked for sensitive content. Check content warnings in the episode description before listening. This week on The Breakup Breakdown. He was my first ever serious relationship. So we got married, started to kind of think maybe he might be being unfaithful. I couldn't find any proof. I was like wanting a way out of this. Then two months later, I got a phone call at 4 p.m. from a detective that he had been arrested in a sting operation. It's not not every day you get sent a mugshot when you're investigating someone else's breakup story, but you know what? Here we are. Hey, it's Abby. Welcome back to another episode of The Breakup Breakdown. Be sure to check content warnings for the story. It definitely tackles a lot more sensitive topics. Also, everything I'm about to list out right now is going to be linked in the episode description below. Like, for example, if you have a mugshot or just a general bit of curiosity about why someone's relationship ended, you can submit those inquiries in the episode description. There's a form there, but it's not just other people's breakup. Breakups, you can come on and tell your own story or submit a friend's story or you can submit a friendship breakup story like anything that has to do with breakups. I am all ears. Also, tickets are on sale now for the Breakup Breakdown Brunch. If you want to have some waffles and some hot goss and also hang out with me on September 23rd in Atlanta, Georgia, those tickets are on sale now. Also, if there's a certain part of the interview you like to jump to, I also keep timestamps linked in the episode description. Hey, Heartbreakers, welcome back to another episode of the Breakup Breakdown. This week is all about a breakup that comes to a head when her husband of three years is arrested totally out of the blue. But before we get to that, I want to let you know which domestic violence shelter we are raising awareness for this week. This week, we're giving a shout out to First Step in Detroit, Michigan. They're working to eliminate both domestic and sexual violence, but they also have services for individuals and families like a domestic violence shelter if they've been impacted by those crimes. If you're new to the podcast, every single week we give a different shelter a shout out. So if you want to donate your time, money or resources, to this shelter, you have the opportunity to do so because I'm going to link all that information in the episode description. And like I said, just a couple minutes prior, the Breakup Breakdown Brunch is on. Tickets are on sale now. You can join in on all the fun on September 23rd for some brunch and breakup tea. Okay, so now into the submission. So I got a submission from someone who sent in these tips along with the ex's mugshot. Was I excited that somebody has been through something where there would be any crime involved? Absolutely not. But I will say I was a little excited because I was so intrigued about what had gone down with this relationship. So the person that submitted this said that the girl had been married to this guy for three years and the guy had apparently been sneaking around to the point where he was almost like kicking her out of their own house. Like, hey, why don't you go stay at your friend's apartment for the night? Or why don't you go stay with family for the weekend? And it was just starting to get a little bit suspicious. The submission said that this girl wanted to get out of the relationship, but it was hard because the two people in this relationship were involved in a very devout Christian community. And if you're not familiar with how important marriage is in those circles, it's hard to understand why, if this wasn't an abusive situation or domestic violence situation, why it would be hard and why somebody would be hesitant to leave. But divorce can be very taboo depending on how devout your community is, but it's also just in general very discouraged. It's encouraged for you 
to stick it out unless it's abusive or dangerous or manipulative in any kind of situation. They're like, just try and work through the issues if you can. So this is where we come to play in the breakup because obviously I got the mugshot and I got a submission for the breakup podcast and we know this guy was arrested. So something happened and we're going to find out how it all came to be when we break down this week's breakup. We were freshmen in college. He was my first ever serious relationship. We went to a really small Christian college. Basically, the gist of kind of like what happened was is everybody was on Twitter at our college because everyone would tweet during chapel like comments about because we had chapel three times a week and his were always really funny. And so he started liking my tweets about chapel. I started liking his and we were all like really sarcastic. And I started asking my friends about him and they were like, oh, he's like super mysterious, but like really hipster or whatever. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm kind of interested. So I slid into his DMs basically, or he, I can't really remember exactly what happened, but it was like, the conversation was like, hey, we should meet up sometime. And in our student center, we had a coffee shop and he was like, sure, when? And we ended up being free at the same time. And then we had like a four hour conversation. And after that conversation, I was like, oh my gosh, like I really want to date this guy. He was awesome. Very outdoorsy. We were so compatible in that. We were very adventurous, very outdoorsy, outgoing. And he just sparked a lot of creativity in me, which was really attractive. I love that you said that he sparked a lot of creativity in me because I think it's sometimes really hard to pinpoint why we like the people that we do. Well, yes, like we love being around them, but sometimes it's we love who we are when we're around them. And that's what it sounds like with this relationship. You guys start dating. What does your relationship kind of look like for the period before the breakup? Is it good? Do things progress to a more serious situation? What happens there? We started pretty seriously dating. Obviously, we were raised in like a Christian culture. So that kind of like played a role into our mindsets of like, okay, I think we're going to pursue marriage out of this. We started dating and then things were progressing. We were really into each other and just like really excited about the real. It was just like typical honeymoon stage. Like we did everything together. About six months into our relationship, his dad tragically passed away. They went hiking on Mother's Day as a family. I lived in a different, like we lived in different states. So it was summertime. So when we left for college, we both went to our respective states. So his family was hiking and on Mother's Day. And I'd kind of like, he was my first serious relationship. So I was trying to navigate like giving space and learning all of these things as like a young person and like navigating, like doing life with somebody else. So I was like giving them space because he seemed kind of distant. And I was like, oh, well, he probably wants to just be with family. And then I got a text from him that just said, holy fuck. And I was like, what? Uh, he wasn't like ever really all that dr- like dramatic in that kind of way. And I was like, what is going on? This is crazy. And he tried to call me. And then he, I get this phone call from him and he's like, my dad has just fallen. At the time, they thought it was 70 feet off of a cliff. And it would, turned out to be 100 feet. And he was alive, struggled for five hours. But he was like, his response was, I'm covered in my dad's blood and I don't know what to do. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. So like, wait, can you paint? I, this 
this is horribly yeah. graphic, but can you yes. make it a little bit clear? So why was he covered in his dad's blood? Is it because he ran down to go help him? So basically what happened was, is they were taking a route that was typically used for climbers. So he has two younger siblings, my ex does. And so they're all able-bodied. One was a swimmer, one was a professional ballet dancer and he was a rock climber. His dad had just gotten back in from a work trip. Everyone decided to do a family outing for Mother's Day and they'd gone off trail. And so there was a ledge that came out about chest high. Dad tried to lift himself up, slipped, catch himself. And the youngest son was the one who saw him fall. They were able to follow this path to get down to him. And basically like the back of his head was like scalped. So my ex was trying to like hold that together. And when he called me, he was running in between the trailhead and where his dad was to direct paramedics and people to try to get to where his dad was. So that's kind of like what happened there. So I would say that was like this uptick in drama in our relationship from that point on, because he was not the same guy after that. I mean, how can you be right? At that point, it was just family tragedy. The whole family went crazy. So it was like his mom called me a couple of weeks after the death. And she was like, I cannot take, he has a younger sister. And she's like, I cannot take care of my daughter. And there was always this weird relationship between her and her daughter where they butt heads like intensely. And she's like, I can't take care of my daughter. I need you to do that. She's 16. So I'm freshly 20 years old trying to counsel a 16 year old through this tragic death because she, her mom is like, I'm not capable to do this. And her mom thinks she's like going out and like basically having daddy issues. And I'm like, I don't know how to manage that because I want to have like a good relationship with her, but I'm not going to tell her how to live her life and all those things that can only like help just like be a moral support for her. And so that was all like really hard. And then he, my ex was just withdrawn, very withdrawn and distant. So it was like, I started to not be able to read him and I would like beg him to go to therapy, beg him to do stuff. But when this all happened, I told him, I was like, we do not have to stay together. Like, this is so tragic. Our relationship was so fresh and so new but he was like no I am so determined to like stay with you like I don't want to like lose you like and I think part of him maybe wanted to stay with me because I was the last girl that his dad knew which is understandable but like at the same time it was just crazy fast forward a few months into that we got engaged the engagement season was so weird you know like that's supposed to be so joyful and really fun and it was honestly not it was so heavy and hard because he didn't seem happy. No, I was like, there was a lot of fighting between his mom. And like, that was really when like an uptick in realization that his mom was probably a little bit crazy started to happen. She defined crazy, very controlling, very manipulative and very against like women, like in competition with me, with his sister um, and very much like would refer to him as like it was almost as if he was supposed to take on this role of her protector and her like leaning on him as if he was her husband. Talk to me about his family's relationship with Christianity, because that sounds very like fundamentalist almost. Would you put them in that category? Um, yes and no. They are not 
conservative politically in any way, shape or form. I think she just had this mindset that like, I think it just, she needed people. And she just had this mindset of just like, my son is supposed to take up that role and like weird, she liked male affirmation and she wanted male affirmation. Do you think her needing people, did that play a role in why she wanted you to be involved in her daughter's life so much? Or what was your relationship like with his family before the death? Like, was that like a weird thing for her to involve you in? No, it wasn't. I had, I did not meet them in person until after the death of his dad. So I was planning on going to see them before he passed away, mm-hmm. but things fell through. And so we, I was going to meet him that, meet them all that summer, you know, everybody. And we weren't planning on his dad dying. So it was like, I met his mom though, briefly before, briefly before his dad passed away, she came to our college to help him like move out of our freshman year. I remember thinking, hmm, I had like this gut feeling. I was like, hmm, she seems weird. Mm-hmm. And she had written a book about intimacy and marriage. And she basically kind of trashed her husband in that book. Like trashed him in the bedroom? Like this guy like can't lay down? Not that so much. It was more so him as a person and how he went from this awful guy to this like a, she molded him into this really good guy and made him who he is today. Whoa. And he would not read that book. The husband wouldn't. Like I don't, blame him. I don't blame him either. And neither would his side of the family. And so it was just like a bunch of crazy things where I was picking up, but there was an uptick after we got engaged, especially because my ex lost, he, he was on full ride scholarship at our college. And due to all the tragedy that he had suffered, he failed all of his classes because he just could not focus and lost that scholarship. And his mom just flipped and said that our college was the worst thing in the world, that it was pulling people away from God, that it was from basically from hell and that he needed to leave. So he packed up his bags and he wouldn't listen to anybody else but her. He packed up his bags, left in one day and did not say goodbye to me. And this is before or after you guys got engaged? This was after we got engaged. After you got engaged, she didn't even say bye? He didn't say goodbye. And then it was during this season of long distance, because he was gone for the whole of spring semester, that things started to get rocky in our relationship. He was very withdrawn, very distant, was not very kind to me, wasn't responding to me, was very critical. We had swapped passwords before, because like we trusted each other on like social media and that was when that was like a big thing in our in like relationships or whatever and so I like one night just like got on his social media and saw that he had been talking to other girls yeah it wasn't sexual of any kind it was just like hey what are you doing do you want to meet up for coffee or one girl was sending him like Taylor Swift lyrics and I was like okay when a girl sends you Taylor Swift's lyrics like we all know what's happening there like when Miss Swift enters the chat and I'm a huge Swifty and so yeah that's so funny that's literally like the Christian equivalent of sending nudes no literally literally (laughs) what and so I called him and I was like what is going on like this is crazy I was like if this continues and I will not be engaged 
engaged to you because I was like, that looks bad for an engaged man. I don't care what your intentions are. If it's just to hang out, if you're just lonely, like for you to be going on one-on-one dates with other girls without me there and not mentioning me Mm -hmm. to them. How long could you tell that had been going on? Did that start, did it start pretty recent? Like when you had seen it or had it been going on for a while? I think it had been going on for a while. Like even before his father's death? No, not before his father's death. And so I was just like heartbroken and his mom was like once again manipulative. I remember I went to their house for Easter and I like showed her the engagement ring in person and she like looked at me and said, I've already seen it before. And I was like, and I remember saying to her like, yeah, but now you're seeing it on my finger in person. Like, yeah. I did. Like that was so awful. And it's been so long. Like I can't remember all the details of what happened like in between there and like our wedding, but we were engaged for almost a year and a half. And it was just a rocky kind of shit show. A lot of it had to kind of do with uh, his sister. Her life was going to the, she was just doing all kinds of things. Like I would do all the things that she was doing if my dad had tragically fallen. She was just trying to navigate life and figure out what relationships looked like and what her life was going to look like without her dad. So she was just honestly being a typical call, typical freshman in college Mm -hmm. and like going to parties, doing all the fun things. And her mom was like losing it. So I was caught in the middle of all of that. Mm -hmm. She pulled out of her school and came to our college, which then she became jealous of me and my relationship with her brother. And she was like, I never wanted you to get married to him anyways, or be engaged to him, which was all out of left field because she was like my best friend. And the mom, was like I hate girls like you would never want to have a daughter and all of this stuff and it was just horrible it was horrible and so I was just like what am I supposed to do I'm supposed to be happy right now and he came he obviously came back to our college starting in fall and he came back got his scholarship back we worked all that out because our college was really gracious he was like he apologized to me about everything and he was like I was really lonely and confessed everything and he was like I'm not going to do that again. Like I'm here. I want to do all of this. I want to dive in and go full swing. I was like, great. Okay. So we did. And we started really wedding planning and prepping and he worked, um, was just kind of like working and going to college. It's kind of like what we were both doing. And it was just very normal at that point, aside from like his sister being in the mix. Like I think all of our focus shifted to her and taking care of her. And then the mix of just like tragedy with our relationships with her and just his family constantly saying the most outlandish things to us about each, about each other, which was like, his mom would call me all the time and say that he had an addictive personality and that he was an alcoholic just because we would go out for drinks Mm. or something like that. And it was, it was literally wild, like a lot of just emotional and mental trauma. And so we were honestly just trying to get to our wedding. The days leading up to our wedding were probably some of the hardest times of my life. Like his mom and sister and brother almost didn't come to our wedding. And we asked them not to. Leading up to that, they had gone crazy. I mean, his mom was calling me about about his sister once again saying that she was going crazy that she was hiding stuff from her and if I knew
knew anything that I'd better reveal it. And I called her and I said, look, I'm trying to get married in like three days. I could care less about what she's doing. And I really just am trying to focus on getting married and having a good time and celebrating what's about to happen. They, she was like, no, she's hiding things from me. And I know, you know, and this is all on the phone. And so she's like, I can hear his sister just screaming in the background saying that if I reveal anything that she's going to never speak to me again, that I, she hates me. And I said, I don't know what she's hiding from you. She hasn't even talked to me. I can send screenshots because I don't know what's going on, but do not contact me because I don't know. And I said, I'm getting married. And then it turns into this thing where she called, the mom calls me again. She said to me that he has an addictive personality, that he's an alcoholic, that he hides things from her. He was my problem now. It almost sounds like she was using you as an emotional scapegoat. Like there was so much, and understandably, so much going on in her life between her husband passing and she's having problems with her daughter and problems with her son. And you are just like this easy person to throw all these issues on to where that's really, it really seems like that's what she was doing. Exactly. Exactly. That was crazy. It was just really hard. You asked her not to come to the wedding after yeah. all that? Okay. After all that. And they said, they were like, good, because we weren't going to come anyways, because I mean, it just turned into this big, crazy shit show. If I'm being honest, they were just being so overly dramatic. It was crazy. They ended up coming to the wedding and apologizing to us. And I remember that night that they showed up and it was the most awkward thing in the universe. And they were sheepishly walking up to us at our venue because we were all there late at night my mom and I are really crafty and we had made everything it was like just awkward it was so awkward having them there they were withdrawn they were distant sheepish and like acting like like trying to earn our trust back so we got married wedding was so fun it was a great day ended up being like beautiful weather and honeymoon was great everything was fine there and we were really like happy for once and everything was going smoothly and I was so excited and we moved into our um, apartment on campus at our school and that was so sweet and like we got a cat together and life just felt like oh my gosh I think we can maybe breathe and then we started getting settled into our routine and reality was setting in and things got really hard we argued a lot was there like a something that triggered things being hard or, or did it just sort of go from like this honeymoon stage to all of a sudden problems are arising it went from that honeymoon stage to all of a sudden problems were arising And he started kind of being that distant, withdrawn self again. He was constantly at work or saying that he had to work later and things were just feeling weird. And I, this was when I called my mom and I told my mom, I was like, mom is like sex supposed to be this way because I don't feel like I'm enjoying it. Mm -hmm. And I said, is it wrong for me to not enjoy sex? And she was like, uh, yeah, I think that there might be something like off there. And I was like, Yeah, me too. I was just really worried about that. My health was really weird at this time. And like I said, we were just constantly arguing. And it was a lot of deep arguing about like me being like, if you can't open up to me and tell me what's wrong, then why are we together? I mean, already conversations of like, why did we get married Hmm. a month into our marriage? 
and me trying to pinpoint things that could possibly be an issue. And so that's when I started to kind of think maybe he might be being unfaithful to me mm. or, and cheating on me, but I couldn't find I couldn't find any proof. Was it just sort of like a gut feeling? Maybe he's disconnected during sex because he's getting it from somebody else or getting attention from somebody else. Yes. And that it was that it just was so disconnected that I just didn't something in my gut was like, I think he's cheating. I wrap up my senior year of college and my uncle calls us. Meanwhile, he was always changing, like always trying to figure out like what he wanted to do. Like he could never be in one place and he could never settle. And that was a lot of our argument too. Like I wanted him to kind of like settle and pick something and pursue something. And it was always up in the air. And we had started a coffee roasting company with some friends, which was really fun. But he was always just like, didn't want me involved in things or didn't want me around or was always out late or saying that he was going birding. Just go stay with your girlfriends in their dorms, like go do this, like very okay with me not being around. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So between you guys feeling disconnected, sex sucks, and then him just like not being able to like settle on a place. Do you like confront him at some point? Does something come out that brings clarity to the situation? Maybe I should like backtrack just a smidge. Like we did not save ourselves for marriage. Like we had been having sex and messing around pre Okay. Well, you guys were each other's first? Uh, we were each okay. other's he was my first is what I, as far as I know. And I was just so confused because when, before we were married, like it was fine. And then when we got into marriage, I was like, what happened? And okay. Okay. This is making, cause I was under the impression that you guys had waited and this was like your first sexual experience. So sex was great before. And then once all the other problems started coming up, you guys, you notice a difference in how things work. Yes. yes. And so it was like, what is the difference? And I was like, shouldn't it have gotten better now that we're like married yeah. and we have like actual weird freedom to just do whatever, but it didn't. And so I asked him point blank, are you cheating on me? And he was like, no, I'm not. And I was like, then let me see. Cause I was like, let me see your phone. Cause he would go rock climbing. He would always like meet other girls or other, you know, things like that. And I said, let me see your phone. And he was like, sure. Never found anything, nothing. I mean, nothing, no inkling of like porn, nothing chat rooms. And so I was like, what is it? And he wouldn't, he lost his wedding ring three months into us being married. Lost. Uh-huh. And he lost it climbing and he refused to get a new one. And I was like, why? And he was like, I don't see the, I don't see the importance of them. You can wear it because like you like it. And I was like, that is crazy to me. So things were really rocky and really hard. And I was like, then, and I was like, what is the point of this? If we have no intimacy and like no trust and no foundation. So things were just like so hard. And we laid in bed and I looked at him and I said, what are we doing? He said, what do you mean? I said, why did we even get married? Because I feel like there's no grounds of trust between us. And I don't understand what we're doing and what is the point of us even being married? He was like, yeah. He was like, I don't know. I was like, I have no grounds to divorce you right now, biblically speaking. Mm -hmm. So I was like, we just have to work through it. And I was like, I don't think you're cheating on me. As far as I'm not, I can't find anything. And he was like, no, I'm not. So spring rolled around in Alaska. Things started to seem like we were, they were getting better. And things after that conversation, 
situation, there was kind of a shift. Like we started to be really intentional about our relationship. And we were like, we are going to work this out and we are going to make this happen if we're not going to get divorced. I was like, okay. So we decided to move back. I was really hopeful, Abby. Like I was like, okay, maybe this is actually going to work out. Like I think things are going to get better. I got a dream job, which was like working for this awesome company and working with kids. And it was incredible. Things kind of started to take off for me and things had shifted from him being in the limelight, this perfect guy, apparently to, all right, I'm going to make some change. Like I'm going to step up and be this strong ass woman. And I'm excited. Things shifted gears. Things are taking off for me with my new job, which is really awesome. And I'm really enjoying it. And I'm having time in my life. And then things just get hard again. He's asking me to not stay at the house. He's asking me to go stay with my girlfriends again. He's never home. He's out late. And I'm like, what is going on? And so I start to get this feeling that he's cheating on me again. I confessed all of this to a couple of my really good friends and they were like, you guys need to get into couples therapy. So we get into couples therapy. We go to one session. I laid all my shit out on the table and just like dumped everything about how I was feeling, how I felt like he didn't pay attention, how I felt like what I felt about sex, all of that stuff. Because at this point, sex was literally, I owed it to him. I would tell him no. And he would say, nope, you owe this to me. You're my wife. And I would just grip the sheets and cry. And it was horrible. And so I was like wanting a way out of this. Like, and I laid all of that out on the table and he didn't say a word. And the therapist looked at him and they said, your wife has just said all of this stuff. How do you feel about that? And he just stayed silent. He said, I guess she's right. Oh my God. That was the only thing he said. And we left. And then two months later, um, we got into a big fight again. And I was so sick of it. I was so mad. I left and I was driving to this prayer room and I called my mom on the way and my mom was like, where are you going? And I was like, I'm livid. I can't even be in the same space as him. I'm going to pray. And she was like, she asked me, she was like, because at this point I couldn't imagine him being the father of my kids. I couldn't imagine any sort of future with him. And she was like, what are you doing? And she was like, how are you going to do this for the rest of your life? And I said, I don't know. I was like, I am praying. I said, honestly, I would be lying to you if I wasn't praying for a biblical way to get out of this marriage and that if he's cheating on me, the Lord would reveal it. A month later, exactly one month later, after I said that to my mom, I got a phone call at 4 p.m. from a detective that he had been arrested in a sting operation. So leading up to this day, it was all normal. I was going to get some blood work done because I was trying to figure out if I had a gluten intolerance or whatever, you know, as we do. We love bread, but sometimes it bothers us. And lots of lady <laughs> problems. I had met him at the coffee shop he was working at and I was like, hey, let's get lunch. And he was like, sure. And so I go and get my blood work done and I come back and I'm like, his car's not there. And I called him and I said, hey, like, where are you? Like, let's go get lunch. And he was like, oh, I'm actually at home. I need to have just like my Bible study. I need some God time. And um, I was like, come to where I'm at. Like, you can study there. And he was like, no, I just need to do some God time. I'm like by myself alone and do some God time. Well, I was like, okay, but like, come on, like come where I'm at. And he's like, no, I want to be by myself. It was crazy. I got that phone call at 4 p.m. He was not doing God time. He was in fact going to a mall to go meet a 14 year old girl to rape her. 
And he was charged with three felonies, one of them being aggravated child molestation. He had been talking to this person for over a week. It was a police officer disguised as a young girl. And then in the following months, he would write me letters from jail kind of describing that Um, jail was this awesome time and that everything was fine and he was actually crazy like he confessed that he had been cheating on me for the past five years holy crap with multiple women in his words he said countless women and he was all going under a fake name and a fake identity he was not arrested as his real name he was arrested as his fake identity Mm -hmm. and so he was living two lives and the craziest thing abby is that as i was like going through like processing all this with like him i was also like all this new information and everything that i had my like suspicions of him cheating on me being revealed But like to the 10th degree, I get a random message from a girl on Facebook from where we had previously lived, someone who I don't know, who I've never met. And she just confesses everything to me. And she had been having a real authentic relationship with my husband without knowing that he was married. And the only way she discovered it was that his contact popped up for an app she had downloaded and it was his real name. Oh my gosh. So she had had suspicions or whatever. And, but he was not just like having one night stands with these girls that he was meeting up with. He was developing and creating relationships with them and like living life with them. Like this girl said that he was really good to her and her son. And I was just speechless. I was like, who did I marry? Who did I let in my space? Who did I let in my life? Like, this is psychotic. Would five years have been, would that have been starting after the death of of his mother? Okay. So everything happened following that experience. Yes. When it came to like the 14 year old girls, do you know if that was like a pattern for him? Like, was he actively seeking out young girls? That I don't know. I don't really know a lot of information and details. I was kind of shielded from a lot of that, which was really honestly, like, I was so thankful. Yeah. Um, And it was kind of funny when I initially got the phone call from the officer, from the detective, I did not believe him because my ex-husband was just very nerdy, very like into all things like nerdy, reading, birds, outdoorsy. I was like, there's no way on earth like he would be doing something that could possibly get him arrested. Like that is the craziest thing. He plays video games and stuff like that. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like alone half the time. The officer was like, no, I need to prove this to you. And the officer called my family for me and told me that he would not play games like this because this also happened to him but it was about his wife. And so, yeah, it was just a lot of just like crazy coincidences. Our divorce was finalized, which was our wedding anniversary. If you look at it, it was finalized at 3.30, which would have been exactly two hours before I walked down the aisle. It was all just absolutely insane. And those few months were the most like just every single detail that happened. I mean, his mom still trying to blame things on me, trying to figure out how like, And I was like, your son is literally a pedophile and in jail. And you're trying to weasel money out of me when I have nothing because he spent all of our money on these apps to talk to all of these women. Why is she asking you for money? She was asking me for money to like to give him his paychecks back or whatever. Mm. And I was like, that's fair. But I was like, I don't have anything. The last thing that's come through was mine because 
he is wasting all of his time on girls and all of his money on apps and paying for different apps apparently that he had hidden on his phone that's why i couldn't find anything they were all hidden that was probably the craziest five years of my life how do you get past that when you were it wasn't just like you dated this guy and he turned out to be some creep or some guy that you didn't know you you literally said vows in front of your friends and family and your crazy mother-in-law thought you were going to spend forever with him and he turned out to be something that you could have never predicted how do you grapple with that after lots of therapy Um, (laughs) (laughs) lots of therapy but I think honestly Abby our relationship was so distant like so distanced like in our marriage like we had had so much trial like my heart had honestly moved from loving him romantically to just desperately wanting my friend to get help so by the time the great thing happened by the time the divorce the arrest happened I was at a place where I was felt more relief but it was also my head was flipped because it's like now I have all these trust issues that I'm gonna have to walk through and heal from because so it was like to get past that I just started really Honestly, my church really surrounded me and they were really supportive about um, divorce and paid for all of my therapy. They paid for all of my therapy. They put me up in a new apartment and like helped me just like get past that. And if it wasn't for like community, I don't know who I would be. People being really real with me and really intentional about like, hey, it's okay to feel this grief because I'm a person who likes to walk away from negative feelings or run from negative feelings. So being told and counseled that it's okay to feel this grief and it's okay to be angry. It's okay to be like, what the fuck to the Lord on some level. So now I feel like I am 40 years old at times, (laughs) Um, but it's been a, it's honestly been a journey where I look at myself and just say like, it's a joy to have been able to come so far to have the opportunity to speak into other women's lives and to talk about just like, you don't have to stay. You have boundaries. You can walk away from something that's not good for you. And you don't have to have a grand excuse. Also from like the faith perspective, I it is taboo to get divorced. In my right. church, they taught like it's either adultery or if he's going to like harm you and your family. I mean, there's one thing like it's it's already hard to leave a relationship, period. Right. Guilt, but then you also have that guilt from, well, I know that this is the right thing to do on paper. So how has this whole thing affected your trust in God? Like, how do you continue to have faith when maybe it would be easy to blame him for putting you in this situation? Oh, man, that's such a good question. Honestly, I think I view it as like a moment where the Lord was so protective of me. Like, that's kind of how I view that. Like, obviously, it made made me really angry and I have a lot of questions and I'm like, I have moments where I'm like, okay, God, like, why did I have to walk through all of that to get here to learn all this knowledge? Like, why? How, why did you let all this tragedy happen to someone who was just trying to live a normal life? Those were a lot of questions that I asked. I think for me, it's been an understanding that he does have a plan and a purpose and that he is intentional and that my husband's decisions aren't hinged on the attributes of God. God and his actions don't have anything to do with me. Those are his actions. I am separate from him. I kind of view it as in from that mindset. And so it's kind of that's what's kind of protected me from 
having this negative mindset toward the Lord, I kind of view it as something that can leverage the gospel in ways that maybe I can now have conversations that might make divorce less taboo. And I can talk about how boundaries in marriage, because that's a thing. You need to have boundaries in marriage. You have to have boundaries in stepping up when something isn't right for you, because the Lord didn't call us to stay in things that were toxic for our lives. He doesn't want his people to hurt and he doesn't want us to to be in harmful situations and you have every right to walk away. And so I can have conversations about that now. So that's like, I kind of view it as a position to speak truth and bring light to take away from taboo situations. So he gave that, I mean, as awful as the whole situation was, he obviously gave that lesson to a very eloquent person because I think a lot of people would go through that and be really broken by it. Do you look back on that experience? Because I always think about this when I see relationships that come from like a place of faith. I think sometimes we put so much emphasis on like prayer and like, is this the right decision? Is this the right decision? Were there any moments that you can pinpoint leading up to like maybe getting engaged or getting married where you maybe felt like God was like, hey, don't do that. Or do you feel like you didn't get that? And so you blame God for not warning you. No, I 100% feel like the Lord gave me moments where he was like, hey, walk away. I think it was the biggest time that I can pinpoint was whenever I caught him talking to other girls that first time. And in my own heart, I was like, but I'm already engaged to him. I've already said yes. And because I, like Taylor Swift, can be a pathological people pleaser. And I thought so much about what every, I think this is where I've grown a lot as a woman. And like, I thought my toxic my thought was just like in that moment as someone so young and so innocent was like I'm already engaged to him everybody already knows like that's gonna look so weird I don't really have a real reason to like walk away and people are gonna ask me a bunch of questions when now if that happened to me I would be like no it's okay to walk away like you don't have to stay with that and there is strength in staying if you could do that like the there's no right or wrong answer in those kinds of situations. But at the same time, you have to choose to do what's best for you. And it was in that moment where I think the Lord was like, I'm giving you an out. Like, do you see this? But my heart was like, kind of wanted to ignore that and just be, and was so was more caught up in a people pleasing aspect of what other people thought about me and the taboo how taboo it would be at that time if I broke off an engagement for no reason because it's seen as like the more honorable thing to do right because I was thinking about I just watched that shiny happy people documentary I was thinking I about yeah I was thinking about Anna Duggar and in that community I think it's probably pushed on her about like it's the more honorable thing to stand by him you got to stand by him this is what God would want you to do. But do we really think that's in his character to want you to stay with somebody who does harmful things to children? Uh, that's not the God that I pray to. I mean, maybe that's I mean. <laughs> so I think it's I think it is important to share those stories that like Christianity, faith, it's not always as black and white as we want it to be. It's so important, I think, to get those stories out there. So I want to thank you for sharing. Is there anything you would tell somebody who's listening that like is maybe in that position where they feel like it's not just hard to leave, they feel like they can't leave because of maybe maybe an outside source like their faith or their family and friends? I think I would tell them that, number one, I want them to know that they're not alone and that they are their feelings are so valid because you feel so alone and so invalidated in those moments. 
And I really want them to know that it's okay to leave. It's going to be okay to walk away. It seems like your world is falling apart because you really do care for that person, but you will be okay because that is not where your worth lies because you are still an individual even if you are committed to them and you have worth as your as an individual whether you believe in god or not you are so worthy and people like me will come alongside you and back you up tune in on thursday for another breakdown bonus episode where we will chat about this week's episode and the circumstances surrounding our lives that can sometimes keep us in unhealthy relationships i'll see you whenever you decide to tune in next